0: Um, turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 46. And um, we actually, like, like Casey mentioned, we actually, uh, she spoke to me a while ago about um, writing the song and um, super passionate about it. And um, so I said, you know what, when you do the song, let's also do a sermon series on Psalms chapter 46. And so um, we're just going to talk through a little bit of Psalms 46. We're actually just going to go through the first few verses and um, I don't know if you guys realize that the Psalms are very important. They're very important. In fact, there's, there's different types of Psalms. There are song, songs in the Psalms. There are laments. There, there's poetry. There's praise. There's thanksgiving. There's all sorts of different types of Psalms uh, that are within the Psalms. And so some of you might say, you know what, the the Psalms are in the Old Testament, so I don't really care about the Psalms, because the Old Testament is old, and Pastor Evan, we need something new, and here you're talking the Old Testament, but you might be interested to know that um, the Psalms are quoted more than any other book in the New Testament. In fact, Jesus himself quoted the Psalms over 50 times, so the Psalms are very important. And and, and many of them were written by um, David, but also some of the Psalms were written by Moses, some of them were written by Abraham. Some of them were written by Mil- 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 Melchizedek. Some of them were written by Heman. Some of them were written by Asaph. And some of them were written by the sons of Korah. And I'm not sure if you've paid attention when you've, when you've looked at the psalms before, but a lot of the psalms actually have these little um, descriptions at the beginning of the psalm, before the text, um, that uh, they're like these little superscriptions that um, some people think, oh, they were added later. But actually, these superscriptions are original to the text. um, So don't, like, gloss over those and ignore those, but pay attention to these little superscriptions in the text. And so um, it's interesting because when you go to the 46th Psalm, if you look at the superscription there, it says, to the choir master, the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth a song. And so you read that, you might just think, oh, that's, that's like not a big deal, like whatever, that just seems like some gibberish. And, and maybe some of it is. In fact, Alamoth, um, in the second portion there, a lot of people don't really know what that means. Theologians are, kind, theologians are kind of mixed on the meaning. Some think that it's just like a high-pitched instrument. Some think that it's a musical term, but they don't really know what the Alamoth means. But when you look at the, of the sons of Korah, Korah, you might read that and be like, well, that's kind of interesting. Korah is actually an individual who's mentioned in Numbers chapter 16, where he he was the cousin of Moses, and he led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron, and uh, actually came up to him, and he was like, hey, Moses, I think you're thinking of yourselves more highly than you ought to, and he was trying to, like, go after Moses, and Moses said, okay, listen, um, you stand over there, I'm going to stand over here, and he went, and he spoke to the Lord, and the earth opened up and took Korah and about 250 other men down into the pits of hell, literally. So, like, fire fell and all sorts of stuff. So, when you think about this Korah in the Bible, Korah was actually a rebellious leader who tried to lead the people of Israel away from Moses and Aaron. But, uh, evidently, his sons, even though Korah was bad, his sons were uh, Levites who took care of the musical aspects of temple worship. And to me, that kind of gives me encouragement because it tells me that, you know, you do not have to be defined by your parents. Amen. Some of you guys have some crazy parents here today. Some of you guys have some great parents here today. But you don't have to be defined by your parents. And you don't have to be defined by the, the, the mistakes of your past. Like, God can use you no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done. And uh, so I, when, I, when, I, when I see that it was by the sons of Korah, it's like, wow, like, that's actually kind of encouragement, be, encouraging me. Because when you look at Korah, he was, he was kind of a crazy guy. And so, anyway, so that's kind of you give you a little bit of context leading into Psalms chapter 46. Um, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 3, where it says this. It says, it says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, through, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble as it swells. I'm just going to read it again. It says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Uh, Therefore, we will not fear, uh, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Lord, I just pray this morning that you'll minister to us, God. I pray that you'll speak to us and that you'll um, just, just just, use your word in a powerful way, Father. I pray that uh, your word will come alive for us this morning, Father. I just pray maybe there are some people here this morning that, that feel as if um, uh, they're, they're in fear or maybe they feel as if the earth is giving way or that, that mountains are falling around them. They might feel like the, the waters are roaring and foaming. Father, I just pray right now that you will speak to them and encourage them and minister to them through this message, God, in your holy name. Amen. So, so this is interesting. This this passage of scripture. Um, most people believe that it was probably written. In a time of crisis, and that the writer of the Psalms is, is writing it and he's trying to lift up his listeners. He's trying to encourage them. So look to your neighbor and pat him on the back and encourage them this morning. He's trying to encourage them. He's trying to speak to them. He's trying to, to build them up a little bit. I don't know if you can, if you think of a, a you know, like a, a movie where maybe someone is trying to uh, motivate someone else. I don't, I'm thinking of Braveheart where, where he's, he's speaking, they may take our lives, but they will never take our lives freedom! Yeah, I'm thinking of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another movie, uh, or the gladiator where he's talking, and he's like, he's like, what we do here echoes into eternity, right? So he's trying to motivate his listeners, he's trying to, he's trying to motivate the people that he's speaking to, and I heard that uh, General Patton said this, he said, I'm a soldier, I fight where I am told, and I win where I fight. So he's like, I feel like the psalmist is really trying to encourage his listeners in a time of crisis, and um, it, it's interesting because uh, many psalms start with a crisis, um, but this psalm begins with the provision, like many of them starts with the crisis and then kind of moves into God 's provision. but this one really starts with God's provision and moves into a crisis but it, it's interesting because when when you look at verse two um, he he's really kind of painting an interesting uh, perspective. He said. Uh, he's, he, he, again, if you look at, at verse 2, it says, um, he speaks of fear. He talks about the earth giving way. He talks about the mountains falling. He talks about the waters roaring and foaming. And he talks about earthquakes. So, kind of a lot of things happening right there. Fear, uh, the earth giving way, the mountains falling, the waters roaring and foaming and earthquakes. It's kind of like when, when when you look at verse two and three, it's kind of like oh, this is kind of a lot of things that are happening here. And like I was kind of trying to think about like, like like the mountains and and the waters and mountains. I don't know. Like when I think about a mountain, I think of something that's super secure and super stable. You know, it's something that's not going to be moved. It's something that's going to be there for a long time. You know, if you if you go and you 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 visit um, El Capitan. Um, you can go there and you can climb it, and you can go there years later and you can do the same thing. You can you can climb El Cap again, and I I don't think any one of you have done that. Maybe you have, but mountains are something that are extremely stable. There's something that that stays there, and there's something that that that, that 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 I don't know. Like he, I think he's talking about things that are very stable, and it, it's interesting because I think there are things in our life. If I can apply this to ourselves, there are things in our life that. Uh, we can view as something that is very stable, you know? There are th- you, you, you might think of your family. You might think of your job. You might think of your finances. You might think of your health. Um, there are things in life that I think a lot of times we find identity in, and there are things that we find stability in, right? Right? Like you know, you 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 you, for, you know. It's like you go home every day, and you, you, you it's like there's the fireplace, and there's the, the couch, there's the TV show. There there are things in your life that we find stability in, and um. And here the psalmist is speaking, and he's saying like, what what if all of those things were to go? What if you what if you were to lose the stability in those things? Have you have you ever been in a spot in your life where you felt like you've just lost stability? You know, you know, it's like, it's like you feel like, man, this was the one thing that I knew would never change. And here I am, and here's this thing that I thought was going to be there forever, and I lost it. I, I'm, I'm, I, for me, I'm thinking of a couple different times. I'm thinking of a, a time in my life where I was working at a church, and everything seemed like it was great. And then a new pastor came in, and things didn't work out, and I left everything that I had in I was in a moment of I didn't know who I was because I had put all of my identity in my position and in the people that I ministered to. I didn't know who I was. I remember I, I, we, we, uh, we ended up uh, coming back to Michigan and I was living with my mother-in-law and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I was sitting down and watching TV and getting caught up on, you know uh, I don't know, the, the office and I'm like I, I have no idea. Like, like like I don't know if you've ever been in a spot before where you've had something in your life that seems stable and something that you could like like some, something that you could rely on. Or maybe maybe you have a friendship. You know someone that, that, that it's like someone that you you felt like you could always go to and you could always talk to and something happened and there was a riff and suddenly the the stability that you had there just just fell apart. And then you're like, well, what am I going to do now? Like this was the person, or maybe it was a relationship that you had with a spouse. It was someone that you were married to for a long time. And there was stability there and you, you, you loved them and you thought that they loved you and then things fell apart. And then you're like, oh my, I, I just don't like, I found so much of my identity in the stability of this relationship like, I, I don't even know what to do anymore. Or maybe, maybe you, you were someone that had a good paying job and it took care of all your bills. It took care of all the things that you needed. You were able to take care of your family. And something happened and there was downsizing at work. And oh my goodness, I lost my job. And I, like, I don't, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like the thing that I thought was so stable, this mountain in my life that I thought was so secure, it's like not there anymore. And now I don't know what to do because I put so much of my identity in this thing that I was holding on to and it's just, it's just not there anymore. I heard about this guy uh, over in China. He was an artist and he was a Lego artist. How many of you guys like Legos? Everyone should raise their hand. If not, you're going to have to find another church, okay? No, just kidding. Okay, so uh, he was a Lego artist in China. And when the movie Zootopia came out, he actually constructed Nick. It's like this fox. And he spent three days constructing this fox of Legos. It's like a statue. It was awesome. He built it and it said that, said that they, they, they spent about $15,000 and he spent three days building this. Right after he finished it, a seven-year-old kid... Walked up. I wish I, would have taken, I wish I would have grabbed a picture of this and pushed it over right in front of him. Man. It's like... Do you, do you, do you ever feel like that? or like, everything was finally lined up? Everything was finally good in your life? And then the thing that you had placed all of your hopes and all of your dreams in came crashing down. I I, I believe that, I do believe that um, that there might be some people here this morning that know um, exactly what I'm talking about. You know what it's like to have something stable, Fall apart. You know what it's like to have your job fall apart. You know what it's like to have your relationship fall apart. You, you know what it's like. And you, you ever see the movie The Perfect Storm? You know what it's like. Like you felt like you've been in the perfect storm. Like the, the the climate has been just incredibly perfect for everything to go wrong. Right? Like you you know you know what I'm talking about today. And it is. Humbling and frightening. In fact, I would argue that it can be extremely humbling and extremely frightening. And the crazy thing is, when you think about it, when you think about the mountains falling and the the the, the ocean foaming, there's nothing you can even do about it. It's not like you can brace up the mountain and and, and hope that it doesn't fall. Like if a mountain is falling, it's it's falling. If the ocean is foaming, it's like there's nothing physically that you can do about it. And and and, 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 and like if you've ever been in a big storm before, I remember one time I was uh, I was up in a soccer tournament when I, was, when I was in high school, and a tornado actually came through and hit the side of our house. And I wasn't home, but my mom was, and my sisters were down in stairs in the basement, and they were freaking out. But there, there's, there's like a, there's like a feeling of helplessness. You know what I'm talking about? And I almost feel like he's the 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 author of the Psalms here is is kind of like setting that up. He's like, hey, listen, listen, listen. Li, li, you know, uh, you might be fearful, and and the earth might give, be be giving way, and the, and the mountains might be falling. And the waters are, are are roaring and foaming. Like, all these things, when you think about it, all these things are kind of out of our control. It's like, and, 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 and when you've been living enough life, you realize that eventually in life, things happen that you aren't prepared for. Can I get an amen? Like, there are things where it's like you're just minding your own business, and um, someone just hits your car, or you're just minding your own business, and someone in your house gets sick, or you're just minding your own business, and then suddenly, you know, I don't know, whatever it might be, but, but, but when I look at these are things, all, all these things are beyond our control, all these things that he mentions, the mountains falling, and the waters uh, roaring, and foaming, and the earthquakes, and the earth giving way, all these things are totally beyond your control. But there's almost like a—I don't know if you see it here—but there's almost like a, there's almost like a, there's almost like a, like a, like a, like a, like a linchpin to these three verses. I don't know if you look at it closely. There's almost like a, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, like a—he's speaking of like two separate things here. So, so over here he's speaking of all the things that are uncontrollable. He's talking about like your life being unstable. He's talking about surprises. He's talking like like all these things over here. But then, but then there's like, you almost, you almost see it. It's almost like this linchpin here with the word therefore in verse 2. So, so over here he's speaking of, 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 of fear, the mountains quaking, the oceans foaming. But he's like, he's like, therefore, therefore, I will not fear. I'm kind of walking backwards here this morning. But I will not, I will not fear because you've got to go back to verse 1. Do you, you see that in the text? Do you see that? Or am I just talking like craziness? So he's speaking, he's speaking, of, he's speaking of, okay, here's the, the instability in life. Here's all the crazy stuff that's happening. Here's, here's the loss of job. whatever. Here, but, 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 but therefore, I will not fear because of verse 1. Okay? Do you see that with me? Or am I, ta- am I talking crazy? I'm going to say that one more time for you guys, okay? So over here, he's talking about all the instability of life, the, the mountains falling, the, the earthquakes, the fam- whatever it might be, losing your job, losing your loved one, losing your fo- whatever it might be over here. But he says, therefore, I will not fear. Can you look at your neighbor and say, therefore, I will not fear. Now, remember, this is a guy who's talking to people. And he's trying to motivate them. He's trying to excite them. They're going through a crisis. They're going through something in their life is falling apart. Something in their life isn't adding up. Something in their life is, ah, you know, I don't know what it might be. I just broke up with my girlfriend. I thought we loved each other, but we don't. You know, whatever. Something in, in, in their life is falling apart. He's like, but therefore, I will not fear because of verse 1, right? So in verse 1, he says, God is. Look to your neighbor and say, God is. God is my, our, our refuge and strength. He's a refuge and strength. I don't have to fear because of the. I don't have to fear the mountains and the, the craziness and the insanity and the you know uh, the Ohio State fans. I don't have to fear them. I don't have to fear them because God is our refuge. Right? Like God is our refuge. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. A refuge is a place. Um, that is, you um, think about a refuge, it says, it says God is a refuge. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say that my diet is my refuge. It doesn't say that my job is my refuge. It doesn't say that my mental prowess is my refuge because I'm so intelligent. No, it doesn't say that my bank account is my refuge, right? He literally says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a refuge and strength. Now, when it says that God is a refuge, that, what that does not mean, it does not mean is that, that, that once we, um, you know, come to God and say, Oh, Lord, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I repent and say the sinner's prayer, and now everything's going to be great and dandy. It doesn't mean that suddenly I'm going to walk around and eat cotton candy and, you know, I don't know, Jigglypuffs? Is that something? I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to walk around and be eating like you know some. What is that? A, that's a Pokemon character. Never mind. <laughs> I apologize. Please edit that from the recording. Um, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be like some people think that. Oh, if God is my refuge, that means that I'm never going to experience any trouble. That is not what God being our refuge means. It isn't. I'm sorry to break that to you today. I'm sorry to to tell you that today, Al. I'm sorry to tell you that today, Nolan. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean that life is suddenly going to be cotton candy and jigglypuff. Okay, whatever. It doesn't mean that, okay? But what it means is when it says that God is our refuge, it means that God will be with us in our difficult times. You hear me this morning? When we are in God's wor- When we are in God's will, it gives you a peace that will surpass all understanding. You know, when Jesus got into the boat with his disciples, it wasn't like the boat was suddenly, you know, the titan... Well, bad example. It wasn't like the boat was suddenly, like, uh, you know, super, superfied, and suddenly there was like a, you know, and, and they wouldn't have to worry about the storm anymore. There was still the storm on the Sea of Galilee, but the promise was that Jesus was with them in the boat. And because they were following him, although they were afraid, they had no reason to be afraid. You know, when you are in the will of the Father, when you are pursuing Him, when you are going after Him, you can face any difficulty with the assurance of knowing that God is your refuge. You know, when I came here five years ago, I remember I've shared with some of you guys, I felt the supernatural ministering of the Spirit speaking to me, telling me, Evan, you need to go to Taylor Christian Center. And I was like, "Ah, oh, I don't know about that. This place is crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So I came and I remember um, because I knew I was in the will of the Father and the will of Jesus. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just getting up here and talking. Like, I knew there was a peace that was with me that surpassed all understanding. The Lord is your refuge. He's your strong tower. He's your fortress. doesn't mean that life is going to be cotton candy. But it does mean that you can find peace and refuge in the storm, in the difficulty, in the mountains falling and the seas foaming. Like that stuff's going to happen, but you can find refuge in knowing that God is with you. You can find peace in knowing that the Lord is with you. God is, my job isn't my refuge, oh my goodness. Because if the job was my refuge, and sometimes we have seen that someone lost their job, and they just, they don't know what to do with themselves anymore. My relationship, man, that might be my refuge for a little while. A lot of times what we do is we say, you know what, God is going to be my refuge, but I'm also going to have something else be my refuge too. I'm going to kind of live in two spots, right? So, so, so God's my refuge, but also maybe my relationship with uh, my girlfriend's going to be my refuge. And, but what happens is when we lose one of those things, suddenly your refuge is gone. He is our refuge. He is our ever very present help in trouble. You know, I I think the first part of verse one speaks of of God's omnipotence, which, which speaks of his power. Like he's a refuge, he's strong, he's... You know, you think about his power, his refuge, like, like 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 that. Like, there's something exciting about knowing that even when the earth is giving way, if I have my hope and trust in Jesus, I'm okay, right? Like, there's something that, like speaks of his his again. I think verse one, kind of the first part of verse one, speaks of his omnipotence. But 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 then if uh, but then if you if you look at the second part of verse one, I think that really speaks of his um, omniscience. Like, it's one thing to say that God is powerful. And many religions will say that God is powerful. Many will say, oh yeah, of course, the Lord is powerful. But we can never know him, of course. Yes, the Lord is powerful, but he's very far off. Yes, the Lord is powerful, but he's, 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 he's far too lofty for me to ever come into. So I must, I must have a relationship with, with, a, with someone else who can speak to him. or I must, Or maybe no one can speak to him. He can never be known. But this is what the psalmist says. He says, not only is he all-powerful, but also he is your, what does he say? He says, your very present help in trouble. What that tells me is that a lot of times what happens is, you know, when we go through trouble and chaos and, Whatever might be happening, we, we begin to ask where God is. Maybe you might be there today. You might say, I don't know. I've just, uh, this stuff's been happening, and I just don't know. And I want to encourage you this morning through the power of the word, through the truth of the word, through the, through the, through the uh, inspiration of the word, that right here, right now, right in your trouble, right in your hardship, right with your mountain falling, right with the ocean foaming, right with the earthquakes, right with the relationship that's falling apart, the Lord is your very present help in trouble. He's your very present help in trouble. Now what's interesting also is if you go back to the verse 3, And I don't think this is actually found in the, oh, it is found in the text, okay. Actually, go back to verse 2, Matt. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Go back to verse 3. He says, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, he says, Selah. Kind of how he ends the first part of this passage. You look at the word Selah and you kind of wonder, what exactly does that mean? Um, like, how is, do the waters, do, like, uh, okay, God is a refuge in sight, a verb, a help child, therefore he, we will not fear the Selah. It's interesting because just like the word Alamoth at the beginning, theologians are a little torn on what the word Selah means. One possible Hebrew word uh, relates it to uh, a word which means to hang or to measure in the balance. Almost like to contemplate. Like when Job's friends were talking to him, uh, a very similar word was a word that described what he was thinking when they were talking to him. So it's like to, to, to contemplate or to to measure in the balance or like someone's telling you one thing, someone else is telling you something else, and you're just kind of, you're kind of trying to figure it out. So, so, so they say that and maybe, maybe that's what it means. Another, other theologian suggests that it's actually a word that re- relates to the word praise. So praise and lift up, right? So, so now that I've said this thing, now that I've said that the Lord is with you, I want you to praise the Lord with me. Amen. Now that I've said that he is uh, your ever present help in time of trouble, I want you to praise the Lord, which would make sense in context of this passage of Scripture. Others have suggested, still other theologians (laughs) have suggested, that it comes from the word that means to pause. Just to pause. To pause. To contemplate or to think. And I guess uh, no matter which word, and maybe 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 every meaning is related to this word. Whether it means to measure, to, to weigh out, whether it means to to praise the Lord and to lift Him up, or whether it means to pause and to be still, I want to encourage you this morning that that, that 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 God is in control, and that. Whatever troubles you're facing this morning, that, 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 that God is in control. And, and maybe you're here this morning and things have been difficult and things have been hard. And I, I want to just encourage you that God's in control. And, you know, I want to encourage you to praise him and to lift him up. And, and maybe more specifically this morning, I want to ask you to just pause and be still. In Psalms chapter 27, verses 13 and 14, he says this. He says, He says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. Worship team can come back up again. I'm going to read that again. I remain confident of this, and I quoted this earlier today as well. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In my troubles, when the mountain is moving, when the, when the ocean is foaming, I, I, I listen, I, I, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Again, I wonder, I wonder if at the end of uh, uh, verse 3, if speaking of pausing and waiting, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, I will not fear because God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in time of trouble. Lord, I pray right now for for everyone who's in this place, Father. I pray that you minister to them this morning, Father. As 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 uh, as in Braveheart, how 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 William Wallace uh, uh, was motivating uh, his troops, and as uh, <laughs> I just think of of, of 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 the officer trying to get the troops excited father i just pray right now that your word will motivate those that are listening this morning and encourage those who are listening this morning father i i pray that you'll uh, just speak to us this morning if there are people that are living in fear because of of the things that they're going through or because of the things that they went through father i just pray that they will remember that you are their refuge you are their very present help in time of difficulty. You're, you're, you're their refuge and their strength, Father. I pray that you will just minister to us this morning, Father, as we, pray this, as we sing this song that uh, Cassandra wrote. I believe through the inspiration of the Spirit, Father, I pray that you will minister to us, Father. And if there are, are any people here that, that need prayer, God, I just invite them forward. I'd love to pray with them, Father. May you be exalted. May you be magnified. We give you the glory and the praise.